The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this week's episode of Mule Talk, I have Brandy Von Holton from the Von Holton Ranch, and she is into mounted archery. Brandy, thanks for coming on to Mule Talk. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Now, I, I saw you at the Midwest Mule Fest, and I attempted to get an interview out of you, and of course... Field interviews don't always, you know, work out for the best. So I appreciate you coming back on. Now, tell me all about the mounted archery. Okay, so mounted archery is, it's an Asian sport, and it's making its way into the United States. You know, but we're mostly mostly guns. Well, this right here, um, it has made its way to, like, East Coast and West Coast, but it's not really in the Midwest. Well, we had a... Uh, um, a festival here, and the mounted archers came to showcase their sport, and I fell in love with it. So, the ultimate goal in mounted archery is you're cantering, and you have to drop your range, and then you're shooting anywhere from one to five arrows. And uh, it's a straight course. They do have other courses, uh, but it's a straight course, and the more advanced you get, the more important time becomes. So oh, okay. I loved it because with me on in the trail riding facility, I can't really leave, you know, because we, because of our business, the way it's set up. I, uh, I tell everybody I'm a prisoner in paradise. And <laughs> with our next door neighbors, I mean, there's a, one of our neighbors has a winery. One of the neighbors has a dairy farm. We didn't want to do mounted shooting here just because it's loud. So it was just this perfect storm um, for mounted archery. So, and and you've been doing this for for quite some time now. No, I just picked up archery since um, 2017. Okay, I had never done archery before then. Okay. Um, so, just 2017, and then with COVID last year, our camping was just so full and busy because it was one of the things that people could get out and do. I didn't really have an opportunity to do a lot of mounted archery last year, so, but now we have put in an international mounted archery course, so we're ready to bring mounted archery here, like, full force and host events where people from East Coast and West Coast can meet in the middle and come and compete right here in Missouri. Oh, that's so exciting. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I love everything about it because it's instinctive shooting, and I think the fact that I didn't ever do archery before, it helped me excel quickly. And then I think a a lot of people know, a lot of people don't know, I used to do full contact fighting and I try to go to the Olympics as a heavyweight fighter. So I had a lot of hand-eye coordination. Like I, I went to five countries fighting for the United States as a heavyweight fighter, but I don't do that anymore. You know, I got a little bit older. And uh, this right here, mounted archery, instead of doing like a two or a three finger release, you're doing a thumb release. And uh, so I didn't have all that repetition of doing archery a more traditional way that what we're used to is traditional way and then I had hand-eye coordination so I was able to pick it up kind of quickly 
So. Wow. Well, I can remember when you say bow and arrow archery. When I was a kid, we had bows and arrows, and we they had the rubber tips on them, and we would <laughs> we would chase each other around the house and shoot shoot <laughs> each other. So, but when we were at Midwest Mule Fest, I remember hearing the announcer say that these are real arrows, and you cannot mm-hmm. stand on this side of the arena. So, yeah, I. You know, I was really impressed with with your skill set. Um, so, Thank you. Um, is there a special saddle that you use? Well, in, no. I mean, like most people that do mounted archery do not ride with a horned saddle. Um, I'm actually set up like completely wrong because with my mule back, it was kind of. I've got to get a custom saddle made, so right now I'm riding a, a used cutting saddle. <laughs> okay, sure. The worst, like literally the worst saddle I could be using. Um, but there's no, um, I need to, I mean, it's better if it was just like an endurance saddle so you don't have that horn or if you just had a smaller horn. Or, you know, I am a full-figured woman. It might not bother you as much if you weren't built the way that I'm built. You know to have a horn there okay just for some of the shots you know if you're sitting down on your horse and then you're shooting to the side well that outside leg is cueing the animal i'm sorry mule you're cueing the animal to turn so you've got to be up out of the seat and a little bit forward because they're running and um you know so you just got to make sure that you you and your saddle work to where the horn doesn't impede you from be, getting into a good position basically okay but when you first start out I mean obviously you have to be at a standstill is that right oh girl whenever you start out we start from the ground and actually all the people I know that are like world champions and won big titles most of their shooting is from the ground the horse part is actually the easy part you know whenever I take I keep on saying horse I'm so sorry 95% 95% of all the mounted archery I do is from my mule. Great. Oh, um, that's neat. Okay. Oh, yeah. But most of the people, uh, that's the easy part is the horse part of, or the mule part of it. The accuracy of your arm, your shoulder, and your wrist, and developing that instinctive shooting, is that's going to take so much more time on the ground. Whenever people come to me to take lessons or to attend a clinic, they say, like, all right, I'm ready to do this. I've been working on riding my animal without touching the reins. And I'm like, (laughs) that's forever from now. I mean, just being able to hold that bow and to put it into the same spot. And then whenever you point somewhere with your hand and then release it, because with doing that thumb release, you have to put a little bit of a twist on your bowstring, which puts your bow in like a compromised position. So it has to be short done or you'll end up twisting your bow. So there's like all of this very specific timing you have to get done. And you don't get to, you know, in regular archery, you can watch yourself put that arrow onto the bowstring and put it exactly where you want. No, this right here, you don't even get to watch. You don't get to look at your hands 
and you're having to draw blindly and you have to develop a feel to put that arrow onto your bowstring while you're running. You don't get to look down and at your hand. You look down while you're cantering, that says speed up. So you have to keep your chin up and your head turned and up out of the saddle and do all of that by, by developing a feel. And not the feel of like left lead, right lead. No, the feel of where the heck's your bowstring at while you're cantering. Oh, so, darn. Wow. I love it. And you know what? I am uh, not the athlete that I used to be. And I'm, I mean, like, I'm a good horse person, but I'm not going to handle something that's rank. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm sure. saying, like, I'm not the... I'm not the best athlete in the world. I'm 42. You know, I mean, I there's holes in my horsemanship and mulemanship. You know, but 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 I'm doing well, and it's because of my work ethic. You know, if you're willing to put in the time, then um, most of the really advanced archers are um, people in their 50s and 60s. Wow. Because we understand work ethic. Sure. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, not to say there's some younger people and, like, the kids are coming up because they're discovering this sport. But, you know, to put it all together, to have horsemanship and then work ethic and then the desire to do mounted archery, it's a very it's very specific niche. So, so I'm assuming there are... It, are there age divisions? No, uh, not until you're like a lot older, but no, uh, it's, it's by accuracy. It's by you. They have, um, there's three different levels. They have a walk trot and a walk trot one through five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. And then they have a cantering division, but it doesn't matter your speed, just as long as you maintain um, a canter. And so they have a one through six there. That's called a, the other one's a WT for walk trot, one through five. Then they have an S, one through six. Then they have the horse archer, and I think they have that as a one through eight, if I'm sure. I know there's just not very many on that upper end, so I don't really know if it's six or eight. But those, you have to not only hit with so much accuracy, but you also have time requirements or you're disqualified. But at the student level, it just matters if you're cantering. And to be an instructor, you have to be at least an S4. So you have to be over halfway through that student level of cantering because they have a one through six. You have to be at least an S4. And I'm an S4 right now. And then one time I shot as an S6. Wow. So. Okay, so this is... Um... This is very intriguing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, I'm, I'm imagining that the first time you're on your mule and you are shooting a bow and arrow off of them, I mean, they have to accept that. I mean, so you got to train your oh. mule to a certain point. Oh, yeah. So much stuff goes on the ground. Like, I will, whenever I bring someone on along that's doing a lesson with me, um, after it's just been the people and no animal. Then we move up to, I will shoot, and they'll just have their animal around me. Then we go to them being mounted, and I'm shooting. 
then from there, if everything's good, then we will go to I'm holding their animal and just loving on it, loving on it, and then they shoot. But I will just hand them one arrow. I'm not going to have them have their quiver loaded up. And then, um, then we go to me leading them and them shooting. I mean, it's a very gradual, very gradual thing. And you know what I have found is the animals, mules, horses, um, most of them have more problems with the sound of the arrows in the quiver than they do with the shooting. Ah. You know? Sure. Well, because that's just a, you know, it's not a loud sound. Yeah. But I can hold like two to three dozen arrows in my back quiver and they're just jiggle, 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 rattle, rattle. You know, so it's just a desensitizing thing from there. Well, I my meal wouldn't qualify now that you said that. <laughs> well, I have two mules. I have a John mule named Jojo, and he is like, oh my, you know how mules, everybody thinks they're good at trail? Gotta yeah. be the worst trail animal I've ever owned in my life. Oh no. Like, he does mounted archery and dressage, but he kind of has like an unfortunate body. He looks like a pregnant gerbil or guinea pig. <laughs> like a, so, but he's like the main character of my children's book. But then I have Coco. Coco is beautiful, and she's a Tennessee Walker mule, and she's just seven this year. But she, you know, she's just had to go through some education stuff. But she cannot handle the arrows in the quiver. So I can, you can actually hold additional arrows in your bow hand and then just drop the arrow down and shoot, which that just takes some major, you got to be in charge of your hand. You know, it just, it's just a skill set, but you can actually hold the bow and hold the arrows in the same hand. And I have to do that because she's just a scaredy cat about that. But I haven't tried to shoot off of her in like a year. Shooting's not a big deal, just the, just the arrow noise. Hmm. Wow. But, well, you know, that, that day I saw you out there at Midwest Meal Fest, when you drove up, it was like 100 degrees out there. And yep. you looked amazing. And I mean, not not one not one bead of sweat coming off of you. And I mean, how how well, do you do it? I mean, you. Look. I am. Uh, I tell everybody I'm Tex, almost Mex. I was born in South South Texas, and so I'm I'm used to heat. You know, and with us <laughs> yeah. owning a facility. Sure, okay. sure. You know, a lot of people. Okay, so a lot of my. Hispanic, I have like a huge amount of Hispanic friends and stuff, and like we're gonna actually have a, a Mexican rodeo here in October. Great. Like, most of the people that are used to being in the heat are in long sleeves and covered up, right? Because we're like, oh no, yeah, we're in the heat too. And so I'm used to being fully covered. And a lot of people, as soon as it gets hot, they're stripping down to like tank tops, and I'm like, oh no, yeah. I, if I did that, I would have. I'd have cancer all over my arms with how much sure. I'm outside. Sure. I mean, usually I've got a long sleeve shirt on, a hat, and now I'm beginning to wear gloves all the time. But it's nothing ever thick. But what you saw me in also was a vest because I am very, I told you I'm a, a curvy woman. Well, I'm curvy up top, okay? And I'm cantering an animal trying to do archery. Uh, There's just a lot of natural movement going on. So I sure. have to get locked and loaded. And I don't mean, you know. Right. Well, you were, locked, you were locked and <laughs> yeah. loaded, girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I have to be locked and loaded just because I'm trying to 
decreased movement. Yeah, yeah, you I know? get that. So, so that, usually I ride in a bustier, but it's like, but then I have like a long sleeve shirt on also, because that just really, I mean, I have very large breasts, and it's just not built for the sport that I have decided to fall in love with, so I just have to work around it. Right. And I do. I, I mean, I'm either um, wearing a, two bras and a compression shirt and a vest, or I wear that bustier, mm. and then I still have two bras. On, like, you just have to work around that. But with, I've always been built this way. I'm just a little, I'm larger than I usually am all over. So, but working around being blessed has uh, it's normal normal to me yes. which and that's given a lot of people a lot of um they see me doing it and then they're like oh i can do this brandy's doing that you know yeah that is so neat because you you uh turn everything into a positive and that that's really that's that's really that's amazing because you are you're a wonderful person Oh, um, thank you, thank you, thank. You. Well, there's some people out there that would beg the difference. <laughs> but you well, know what? None of those people that have something bad to say about me, I would never let them ride my mule. Well, and if they closed the trailer for me, I would go check it. <laughs> you bet. So, oh, so it's, oh. <laughs> it's people that I don't care about that hate me. You know what I mean? Right, right. So. Well, um, Brandy, if someone wanted to learn more about mounted archery, uh, can they go to your website or? Yeah. Well, okay. and I have some cheater websites that make it a lot easier because spelling Von Holten is apparently harder than what a lot of people can do. But if they go to bigbossmare.com or brandyvonholten.com or they can go to vonholtenranch.com, but Big Boss Mare, everybody can spell Big Boss Mare. Oh, dot great. Com and then, yeah. Okay. And they can, they can find me directly there. And then, I mean, if they could ever even halfway spell Von Holton, we have 11 Facebook pages. We're on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, just LinkedIn. I don't do good with LinkedIn. Like, you know, everybody has something they're not good at. I'm not good at that. I'm not like, either. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, with us, you know, with our facility, like the camping is one one group of people to market. And then with our wedding venue, that has to be marketed completely different. It's younger, and most of those people are on Instagram. And then people that are wanting to do mounted archery or they want my children's books, and I teach online horsemanship classes. I'm a business all by itself also. Sure. So we have to... Yeah, if they can spell Brandy Von Holten, then I can help them get to where they're going to want so they don't have to, you know, if a 50-year-old lady was wanting to do mounted archery, she doesn't need to be looking at the wedding venue. You know, I can help get her where she's going to want to be. Right. We have a, a mounted archery Facebook page that's Country Tough Mounted Archers because we did a trademark over the word country tough with it being spelled correctly. Okay. So they can find it there or just bigbossmare.com and it's got all of my contact information on it. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on Mule Talk. And yep. um, if somebody wanted to contact you, do you have a phone number? Well, I would prefer to do like an email or something. The phone number is going to be the ranch number. Which all right. Is, okay. It's 660 zero eight eight zero and you got to be like not dyslexic to get that right because it's only three different numbers basically okay so six six oh area code 
then 668, and then 0880. You know, our phone number, before we got it, it belonged to a barber shop. So <laughs> I get phone calls where people are wanting to, I mean, like, it'll take, sometimes it takes me a second because they're like, hey, I want to set up an appointment. And I'm like, for the wedding venue or to come camp? And they're like, for a haircut. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, we've been getting we've been open for seven years now, and I still get barbershop haircut phone calls. And I'm like, I can give you a haircut, but you ain't gonna want it. You're not gonna want it. <laughs> well, so. that's better than having the phone number to a, a, a massage parlor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would get awkward too. Oh my gosh. Well, Brandy, thank you for coming on, and of course, you're on Facebook. It's been wonderful talking with you, and we'll have you back on. Okay. All right. Hey, thank you. Have a good day. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. Meal Talk is an Every Cowgirl's Dream production.